Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. The Final Edition Radio Hour is a work of satire intended for people who own books, gentrify neighborhoods, and say they like kale. Please consume responsibly the satire, that is. Listener discretion advised. The following is satire, ferociously disrespectful satire. Satire that aims to be seriously funny about serious institutions and issues. Satire which may be offensive to certain serious and seriously sensitive people. This will usually be because a satirist is being confused with her target. We hope serious and seriously sensitive people will be entertained by our satire, but if not, we really don't give a fl- Ha! <laughs> Just kidding. We're going to have a ton of harmless fun at the expense of the silly old Supreme Court. Enjoy. What happens when nine wacky Supreme Court justices share the bench? And a big old house where they all live. Laughter happens on the new hit sitcom Full Court. This week, Elena and Sonia play a trick on Clarence. Hey, Sonia, I put a pubic hair on Clarence's can of Coke. (laughs) With his past, he can't say anything when he sees it. Great idea. Here he comes. Oh, there's my Coca-Cola. Say, what is this, uh... Uh, I mean, nothing. (laughs) Is there a problem with your Coke, Clarence? Yeah, drink up. Of course. (laughs) 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 Clarence, I put one of Ruth's pubic hairs on your Coke. I wondered why I was gray. That's on this week's Full Court. I love you guys. And now, another episode of A Brief History of Court Packing. I'm your host, Anna LaSalt. Court packing as a political ploy emerged in the mid-20th century. But court packing as a rectal romp reached a peak during arguments for the case of Lawrence v. Texas, which concerned sodomy laws. We now take you to the chambers of Chief Justice William Rehnquist in 2003. Whoa! Justice Scalia, gentle. My puckered rectum is 79 years old. Oh, deciding sodomy cases gets me so hot. Take my moral opprobrium, Chief Justice. What's that sound? It came from the closet. It's just me. Oh, Justice Souter, of course. Oh, my God. Yes. Yes. Higgledy piggledy. Ah, yes. Jiggery pokery. Ha ha ha. And no discussion of court packing is complete without a salute to the greatest packer of them all, mid-20th century Justice Hugo Black. It's from his name that we get the saying, when Hugo Black 
you don't go back. For a brief history of court packing, I'm your host, Anna LaSalt. Man, look at Antonin, lying so helplessly in that hospital bed. I wish we could put him out of his misery. Me too. If only he could communicate to us in a clear and convincing way that he wants to pull the plug. Kill me. If only he could let us know his true wishes. Kill me. If only he hadn't argued that patients, not family members, had to express their decision to die. Kill me. Then we could go ahead and pull the plug on poor Nino. Kill me. Who's obviously in a lot of pain. Kill me. Damn it. If only he could communicate his true will. Kill me. If only he could let us know his thoughts. Kill me. Wait, did you hear that? Did you say something, Antonin? Kill me. It's hard to make out. Kill me. I think he said, gill me. Kill me. He definitely said, gill me. Poor guy. Thinks he's a fish. Within seconds of his death on February 13th, 2016, from a chronically shrunken heart, Nino Scalia's immortal soul was on its way to its inevitable destination, hell. There, he joined a long line of chief justices and other jurists from ages past. But then, after a brief interval, something unprecedented in the infinite history of hell took place. What happened? Here's Lucifer's spokesman and attorney, B.L. Zabub, Esquire. We were really stoked to be getting Scalia. Here was a brutish loudmouth whose rulings ripped parents from their children, armed homicidal lunatics with any weapon they pleased, and best of all, made a mockery of democracy by allowing pornographically wealthy citizens to buy the government wholesale and turn themselves into the aristocrats of a feudal United States. And then insisted all this corner-bar bigotry and craven worship of wealth was mandated by the Constitution. Brilliant! What's not to hate about the Danny DeVito of dissenting opinion? But then... Who the fuck's in charge here? Can I help? say, can I help, you moron? You're in fucking hell. Stick me in the ass with a pitchfork. Demons may only fork the damned in their assigned circle and during regular torment periods. I know my assigned circle, Pinhead. Circle 8, where Dante put judges who take bribes. I was just there. All I see is ambulance chasers sipping lattes and, and working on appeals. It's probably recreation time. Recreation? Why aren't they up to their necks in molten dog shit? Where's the pitchforks and bullwhips? Where's where's priests upside down in mud holes with their feet on fire? Where where's the burning snake pits and, and, and perps drowning in blood? I should explain. Hell has changed. We've got nine hundred circles these days. Trillions of damned souls. We've got damned from planets whose life forms look like the first law of thermodynamics, mated with phlegm. You can't pitchfork them or even set them on fire. That's why we have tactical nuclear suppositories. Another thing, hell's supposed to be white, European, males and females. What Dante recorded is unequivocal. 
There are white Italian usurers, simonists, flatterers, seducers, sowers of discord and fratricides. What what the fuck's with all these Muslim and, and black and and Hindu and Chewbacca-type damned and, and things that look like rejects from men in black? Fire their asses! Come now, Justice Scalia. Hell is proud of our interplanetary diversity. You can't fire someone from hell. Burby instituted a system of appeals. And if you win your appeal, you can move up several circles or even transfer to the out-hell program previously known as purgatory. There's no appeal from hell. If you're in hell, you're not innocent. The original intent of hell as recorded in 1320 by my great Italian forebear Dante Alighieri, is unambiguous. Hideous punishment for all eternity. Punishment means pain. You commit a crime, you incur unendurable pain. Even if you've been wrongfully convicted because mitigating or exculpatory testimony was not presented at trial, it's gotta hurt, and hurt eternally, or it's not hell. Original intent rules. Eventually, Justice Scalia grabbed a pitchfork from a naked boy demon who was tormenting Truman Capote, returned to the Eighth Circle, and began pitchforking a recently arrived partner from Paul Weiss, and tried to set her on fire. He was taken before the eternally damned Legal Review Board. They recommended Scalia be stripped of all rights to due process, inherent in a soul condemned to hell and cast forth from it for all eternity. None of the rights apply here. There are no rights... Farewell, Vino Scalia. Condemned to wander the dark and trackless wastes of space-time. Alone, ignored, unheard, irrelevant, despised. Till time is no more. Ladies and gentlemen, lawyers and lay people, citizens and scum, welcome back to another episode of Are You Smarter Than Supreme Court Justice? Let's meet today's lucky contestants, Odon. Representing the We The People team, we have Mary Timmons, an elementary school teacher, a nurse's assistant, an Uber driver, and a mom from Tallahassee, Florida. Hello, Mary. You work an awful lot for a woman with children. (laughs) Just paying the bills, Chuck. Or just some of them. A few. Really, I'm just barely holding it together, Chuck. <laughs> Our next We The Peopler is Cheryl Blackstone, a piano teacher, real estate agent, and chain smoker from Asheville, North Carolina. Cheryl, welcome to the show. It's so lovely to see you here. Have you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is... Great. Uh, when do we go to commercial? I got a whiz. And our final people teammate is Charles Bo Johnson. Charles is a divorced bricklayer from Fort Wayne, Indiana. Hello, Charles. May we call you Bo? Fine. Whatever you want, Massa. 
Representing the Supreme Court today is a man who also grew up in Indiana. He attended the prestigious La Lumiere School before being whisked off to Harvard and Harvard Law. He clerked for the Supreme Court, worked in the Reagan and Bush administrations before 14 years of private law practice. And he's now the Chief Justice of the highest court in the land. Please welcome John Roberts. Thank you for joining us, Your Excellency. It's not Your Excellency, it's Your Honor. Excellent. I mean, okay. Sir, our first question is for you. Choose a category, Your Honorableness. Let's try the human condition. Very good. The question is, how do you boil water? What? What? Uh, I... uh, Uh, Sir, I need an answer. I, uh, it's just, I mean, I never, uh... Jane always boils the water. Oh, sorry. Mary, you can steal the point. You put water in a pot, and put the pot on the stove, and then you do other chores while you wait. Exactly! Point for Team We the People. See? That was easy. So, if it please the court, I I don't believe I was properly given notice regarding the nature of the inquiries to be set before me, and I just really want to Okay, okay, judges. All right, We the People get the point, but you may pick the next category. Go ahead. Thank you. Um, economic prosperity. Great. The question is, what is the price of a loaf of bread and a gallon of whole milk? What? I, uh, uh, I have no idea. Uh, $150? Nope. Cheryl? Uh, a loaf of bread, gallon of milk. Well, when I have the kids, I gotta buy that stuff, which usually means I can't get extra beer. Uh, six of Bud is like six ninety nine. The Piggly Wiggly, so uh, six ninety nine. Exactly, you got it. All right, what's the next category? Okay, great robed one to you. What does it feel like to drive while black? Oh, for the love of Scalia, I have no idea. This is madness. It's bullshit, is what it is. That's right! Team We The People wins! You win! And your prize is... An all-expense-paid trip to Indianapolis, Indiana. You'll stay at the best hotels, eat the best restaurants, and see the best first-run movies Indianapolis has to offer. Plus, you get to pay gift taxes. Thanks? And Justice Roberts, don't despair. For a consolation prize, you get to decide the fate of regular people like your opponents right up to the day you die, doddering out of touch and twisted by a perverse sense of superiority. That's it, everyone. Join us next time on... Are you smarter than a Supreme Court Justice? Hello, I'm Tony Hendra, founder of The Final Edition. Welcome back to our series, Men in Black, Disrobing the Supreme Court. Episode number three, The Future, or Big Fat Question Mark. Man on the Street! In Mittens v. New Hampshire, the Supreme Court gave household pets the right to vote. The Final Edition asked the man on the street, what do you think? You know, if we took away animal rights and... You know, we just have to take away people's rights. It's 
It's called equality. They're going to vote for the first laser pointer that comes along. I believe in cats voting, but dogs... That's just insane. That is a specious argument. You know what? They used to think Italians were too hairy to vote, and we changed on that. The cats want to take away our guns. No, they just want to play with them. He's saying, if elected, he he promises to uh, to to reform health care, and he he will not accept bribes in the form of tuna. As President Trump did. I mean, this next election, I mean, it's, it's between a dog and a cat. I mean, they're basically both the same. President Canary does not respect the press. Have you seen what he does to newspapers? It's just every time the slightest thing goes wrong, President Canary just falls right over. May we all have a moment of silence for the passing of Congressman Goldfish? When that German shepherd, Abraham Licken, was murdered by John Wilkes Barks, That was a real surprise. We have to rethink some of the racist policies of our former president, Andrew Dachshund. And of course, let's not forget President Garfield. Well, I think the lizard should be president because, you know, he's a successful businessman and um, he speaks his mind. Well, that's one exciting possibility. But um, will chocolate labs need photo ID to vote? What about the illegal chihuahua problem? What else might the court's future hold? Will the notorious RBG ever release her first rap album? Will the court have commercial sponsors someday? The Coke industry's hearing room has a nice ring to it. And if confirmations take years, even decades, as they might the way things are going, will presidents start nominating toddlers? Rather than try to predict the answer to these imponderable questions, why don't we test drive a few different possibilities? For instance, could this be in the court's future? Student Scholastic Films presents the greatest Supreme Court decision ever. In the 23rd century, we can now recognize the best Supreme Court decisions of all time. Brown versus Board of Education, fighting segregation. New York Times versus Sullivan. Helping free speech. Dracula versus Santa Claus. Deciding in favor of Dracula. But the greatest decision of all time is, of course, Bush v. Gore. Yes. Back in 2000, the U.S. Supreme Court stopped a recount of votes, effectively electing our greatest president, George W. Bush. With our finest act of terrorism. The most wonderful war in Iraq. The most first-rate violations of the Geneva Conventions. The most excellent economic disaster since the Great Depression. And the finest vice president ever to shoot a guy in the face. Legal scholar John Morgan. Thanks to Bush v. Gore, we don't have to count votes anymore. Uh, That's what separates us from the monkey. Some other legal scholar... Marion Fletcher. This case guaranteed the right of every American, no matter their race, creed, or color, to have George W. Bush as president. How did this happen? Back when the Constitution was written, our founding fathers had one great concern. Gentlemen, I'm worried the person who gets the most votes might always become president. But that's not our intent. No! The sole intent of this Constitution is to make whiskey illegal someday. And then make it legal again. So we must make the presidential election a confusing boondoggle in which voters can end up with some jug-eared dunce they don't even want. How about a thing where people don't vote for president? 
They vote for other people who vote for president. And the governor in every state oversees the election, even if one governor is a candidate's brother. Still not confusing enough. What if we made Florida a state? There it is. And so in November 2000, Vice President Al Gore got the most popular votes, but the electoral majority came down to a close race in Florida. Fucking Florida. Gore asked for a recount in such a way that would have made no difference. But anyway, the Supreme Court stopped it. Justice Antonin Scalia explained. And this is actually what he wrote. The counting of votes that are of questionable legality does, in my view, threaten irreparable harm to Petitioner Bush and to the country by casting a cloud upon what he claims to be the legitimacy of his election. Yes, the court said if you have a recount, people might think the guy who did not win the majority but became president anyway was somehow not legitimate. In the end, five justices who were nominated by Republican presidents stopped the recount, and we got a Republican president. Funny thing, the court also said this decision only applied to that particular election, almost as if they were embarrassed about it for some reason. But they needn't have been. Attorneys and judges now often cite Bush v. Gore for its fairness and balance. The year 2079... The case, Dodge versus Branson. Uh, this court halts the recount of the mayoral race of Hard Time, Mississippi, because it would cast a cloud over Mayor John Dodge since it would prove that he lost the election by 73%. The year 2104. The case, Carson versus McIntyre. To treat all votes equally, the court forbids counting any votes at all on the grounds that... It is very tiring, and in the end, no one is happy. 2117, the Evanston Rockets versus the Glendale Wildcats. The court reverses the final score in the May 7th Little League game in Evanston, Indiana, and rejects calls for Chief Justice Ron Bieber to recuse himself just because he sucker-punched a Little League umpire and yelled, quote, I am the Chief Justice of the U.S. Supreme Court, I can have your picture electrocuted. 2206, Otto versus Tranchin. All elections are now hereby decided in favor of the candidate who, uh, let's say, has the biggest hat. Yes, Bush v. Gore. It made America what it is today. A proud nation ruled over by Ted Big Hat McGinty. And a mysterious vice president known only as El Sombrero. That's a plausible scenario. Here's another. Republican refusal to approve SCOTUS nominees reduces the court to two members, Chief Justice John Roberts and the seemingly immortal Ruth Bader Ginsburg. By special arrangement, ties are broken by going to guest justice, Judge Judy. Let's listen in. Hear ye, hear ye. The Supreme Court of the United States is now in session. The Honorable Chief Justice Roberts presiding. All right, we have a lot on the docket. I'd like to... You are about to enter the courtroom of Judge Judith Scheinland. The people are real. The cases are real. The rulings are final. This is Judge Judy. Seriously? We have to do that every time? Don't be a wise guy, Roberts. I eat wise guys like you for breakfast. 
I don't know about you, but I've got a case to hear. Oh, is it going to be about another male stripper who went too far? That one was wonderful. Bless you, Ruthie. I hope so, too. But we have to find out from the announcer. Cue the intro! This is the plaintiff, Susan. She adopted a Shih Tzu puppy she couldn't house train, and it Shih Tzu'd on her carpet while she was at work. No, no, no. This is the Supreme Court. I didn't go to Harvard so that... Overruled! Zip it, Roberts! (laughs) Continue. Yes, continue. What about the dog poop? This is Susan's living boyfriend, Zach. When he found the Shih Tzu's calling card, he angrily bombarded Susan's phone and work email with photos of it, causing her to get fired. She's suing because she says he left her holding the bag. Hey, hey, oh, how about this? This is the case of the Shih Tzu hitting the fan. Justice Ginsburg. You're making this worse. Roberts, either you're dumb or it's not an act. Ruthie, I adore you. That was great. We're going to try to work that in, okay? Now to you, Missy. You get a puppy. You take responsibility for it. Uh, yeah, but I had to... Shut up! Two people can't talk at the same time. When my mouth is moving, it means you need to be quiet. I told her, Judge. That's why I sent the pictures. Oh, please. You're a hell of a boyfriend. You're a piece of work. You know that? In the time it took you to send all those poop pics, you could have picked up the poop. Yes. Don't pee on my leg if it's raining, sir. Don't pee on my leg and tell me it's raining. You are so cute, Ruthie. I'm ready to rule. Okay, Ansel Adams of dog poop over here. You turn my stomach, all right? Hey, I never did it. Shut it! This is where I talk. Got that? Yeah. Do we have stupid written on our foreheads? <laughs> Good one, Ruthie. <laughs> now, Mr. Pooparazzi, you are a pile of dog poop yourself. You know that? However, you were sending a message with your fecal photography. For that reason, I find that it falls under the definition of symbolic speech as defined by this court in 1984's Texas versus Johnson. To quote from Justice William Brennan's majority opinion, this case is sufficiently imbued with elements of communication to implicate the First Amendment. Even if it's poop! <laughs> yes, that's implied. Furthermore, in 1970, Spence v. Washington, the court declared O'Brien rule inapplicable when the symbolic speech is directly related to expression in the context of activity. Again, not the case here. That means it wasn't him that pooped. Exactly. Bring in the next case! What is it, God? Is it Citizens United? Is that why I'm being punished? Carson Educational Video presents the first millennial Supreme Court Justice. In the year 2525, when man was barely alive, 
Supreme Court Justice Batman retired, and for the first time, a seat on the highest court in the land would be offered to someone born after 1982. Hmm. Help wanted unpaid intern to be the final arbiter of U.S. law. This was to become the first millennial member of the Supreme Court, Justice Crystal Crystal. The second crystal was spelled with a K. The young jurist would begin facing challenges on the first day, just meeting with HR. You gotta keep your work week under 30 hours, or we have to pay benefits. Well, we wouldn't want that. And here's your paper hat. Wow, it's true what they say. It's really soiled. We can't afford a new one. And so, after crossing a picket line of previous Supreme Court justices, who had gotten fired after trying to unionize, Justice Crystal began his or her first day of work. And soon thereafter, the young jurist had to learn the unique jargon of the court. Stop calling it a downvote. It's a dissenting opinion. While the court grew to recognize the methods of a new generation. We can't just declare the right to a safe space. But it's contained in the Fourth Amendment's right to be secure in your person, house, papers, and effects. But if you're blocking out offensive speech, that violates the First Amendment. We're either going to have to violate one amendment or the other. I don't know how we're going to get around this. Well, then why don't we crowdsource it? What? If you can't solve a problem, just put it on the internet. Somebody will figure it out. Here, I'm typing it into Reddit. There's a subreddit called RDIY Constitutional Law. And... Ah, there we go. A Reddit user named Chicken Boner posted something. Let me see that. Uh, the First Amendment guarantees the right to the, uh, the Fourth Amendment criteria of uh, New York Times v. Sullivan, determination of actual malice. And, uh, huh. Yeah, that'll cover it. The young jurist thus gained the respect of his elders, and Justice Crystal Crystal ended up delivering the majority opinion and received a newer, slightly less soiled paper hat. The question before us is whether the American people have the right to their own safe space. Sheltered from hate speech, Facebook postings longer than 150 characters, and ideas they don't agree with. And while the final decision must inevitably favor the plaintiff or the defendant, it is the opinion of this court that both sides should get a trophy. Through his wisdom, Americans now live in peaceful echo chambers of their own choosing. Disturbed only when election results contradict everything their friends have been saying on Twitter. And as for the first millennial Supreme Court justice, we can look forward to many more years of Justice Crystal. He will work until he dies, because he cannot afford to retire. And now, more When Is It Okay to Shout FIRE in a crowded theatre. When the Pointer Sisters are on stage and you really want them to sing fire. When you're bored with the acoustic stylings of musical duo Earth and Wind. When you're starring in Backdraft the Musical. What happens when nine wacky Supreme Court justices share the bench? And a big old house where they all live? Laughter happens on the new hit sitcom, Full Court. This week, the gang look for a new roomie. 
Hey, Sammy Alito, Elena, Ruthie, have you heard about someone to take Antonin's room? I just know I want a strict constitutionalist non-smoker with a big screen TV. <laughs> I want another girl. Ah, save that for when I die. Who could that be? Hey, you guys, I'm Merrick Garland. Barack told me there's an opening. Maybe there is. How do you feel about Citizens United? Now, Sammy, tell us about yourself, Merrick. Well, I'm not too liberal, and I'm old enough that even if people don't like me, I won't be around forever like some people. <coughs> Clarence Thomas. Okay, what we need is a credit check and a letter of recommendation from Mitch McConnell. Yeah, that should be, uh, no problem. Will Merrick be the new roomie, or do we change the name of the show to Eight is Enough? Find out on this week's Full Court. I love you guys. In the year 2224, the Supreme Court underwent its biggest change ever. Science had perfected cloning techniques. At the insistence of strict originalist legal scholars, nine of the actual founding fathers were cloned. They were then appointed to a new Supreme Court that perfectly reflected the will of the founding fathers. This so-called Jurassic Court began using time travel techniques to summon Americans from the past to answer for their crimes. One of the first groups they summoned was the early 21st century Supreme Court under Chief Justice John Roberts. What? Why are we suddenly in this futuristic setting standing before these judges in colonial garb? I'm Chief Justice John Roberts. Who are you? I am Chief Justice Thomas Jefferson of Founding Fathers Jurassic Court. You are here to answer charges and to provide that brief exposition. Thank you. You eight are accused of selling out the democracy we founded with your awful decision in Citizens United. Hey, why hasn't Justice Ruth Ginsburg been transported in time with us? Because it would have made the universe implode since Ruth Bader Ginsburg is already here, still alive in the year 2224. Please let me die. Okay, which one are you? What's your name, man? Alexander Hamilton. My name is Alexander Hamilton. Shut up, Hamilton. That stupid song is over 200 years old. Does anyone else have anything to add? Justice George Washington, stop trying to talk with those teeth. The point is, what the Roberts Court did was morally wrong. Because of you, we had to come back to recreate the perfect society that we originally left to you. We founding fathers didn't found this country to be run by giant corporations. We founded it to be run by wealthy 
Justice Sonia Sotomayor here, Chief Justice Jefferson. Can the justices who dissented in Citizens United be excused? Justice Sotomayor, your vote in Citizens United was canceled. Just like the vote of every woman ever cast in the United States. When we went back and rescinded women's suffrage. Ah, women can't vote. Just as Washington says, we have some bad news for you, Clarence Thomas. We reinstituted slavery. Chief Justice Jefferson, I see the error of my ways. I was wrong to hand power to multinational corporations. Power should be in the hands of land-owning gentry. Glad to hear it. I always knew you were one of us, Justice Roberts. Get these white men all 10,000 acres and a bullwhip. And you nice ladies are free to make breakfast or design a flag. Must die now. God bless us all. And God bless the United States of America. And now, lesser-known cases of the Supreme Court. 2020. Wounded Warriors vs. Blue Cross. The court upheld the veterans' contention that costly new penis implants should be covered by the insurer, since both the Fourth and Ninth Amendments enshrine their right to privates. 1968. Dirty Hippie vs. The Man. The justices overturned a lower court decision in favor of Dirty Hippie and ruled that The Man did indeed have the right to come busting into his pad like that and scaring his old lady. 1990, Joe versus the Volcano. The court rules that what Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan did to the art of cinema, while reprehensible, is not technically a crime. This fall. Thousands of law students apply. Hundreds are in contention. Only 23 are hired. Can you handle the world's toughest internship? Can you take care of nine senior citizens in robes? Welcome to the highest court in the land, where everyone's opinion is dissenting. Hi, I'm Sarah, Sarah Clerks. Walk this way, Clerks. You'll spend the next month going through all these case files to choose what cases the court takes up. That's like a whole library. Don't screw it up, Clerky. These Clerks get close to their cases and to each other. TFE presents the number one new drama on podcast. My dad was a Supreme Court intern, Justice Ginsburg. My grandfather was a Supreme Court intern. Clerking is in my blood, Your Honor. Kiss me, you stupid intern. Oh, Justice Ginsburg. Sarah, you clerk for Roberts. I clerk for Sotomayor. How did you think that would work? The drama everyone is talking about. Sarah, are you meeting us at the bar? Sure, I could use a drink. No, Sarah, the Virginia State Bar. Oh. Ball's in your court now. Are you ready for it to be in session? We'll never get this clerking done in time for the big case. We can if you focus. You two want to fight about what letters come in what order in the alphabet. You do it on your own time. Are we going to kiss now? Uh, sure. Oh, you mean her. One clerk has a devastating secret. I'm... I'm on Adderall. I think I'm an addict. Yeah, we're all taking Adderall. Oh, someone has Adderall? 
I'm sorry, Justice Ginsburg. I can't clerk for you on this case. You see, the plaintiff is my father. You can't recuse yourself. You're a clerk. No one cares. Clerkship, coming this fall on TFE. In 2013, the Roberts Court struck down Section 4 of the Voting Rights Act, holding that states with a long history of disenfranchising minority voters no longer disenfranchised minority voters. Alabama Secretary of State Beth Chapman was relieved. Now we can pass laws to keep black people out of the voting booths while remaining confident that we're not being prejudiced. In 2025, with less than 10% of U.S. minority voters able to vote, a law reinstating Section 4 of the Voting Rights Act made its way through the courts, ending up before SCOTUS, which now consisted of only three justices, Chief Justice Roberts, Justice Alito, and Justice Clarence Thomas. The reinstatement of Section 4 seemed unlikely, but in an extraordinary opinion issued from the bench, Justice Clarence Thomas made the case academic. The original intent of Article 1 of the U.S. Constitution, which designates slaves as three-fifths of a person for purposes of taxation and representation, stands. Our founding document says in plain English, slaves and their descendants, and I'm proud to count myself among them, are entitled to only three-fifths the representation of other citizens. Therefore, I am only three-fifths of a justice. The New York Times Post News was skeptical. Justice Thomas, aside from limiting their political representation, doesn't your ruling also limit the tax obligation of African Americans to three-fifths the normal rate? Uh Uh-huh, it does. Is that why you've never paid the $2 million in back taxes? That has never crossed my mind. Uh Your Honor, that's hard to believe. So sue me! With those words, the era of the Thomas Court began. Despite the safeguards they took, Justice Roberts and Justice Alito both ingested fatally plutonium-laced communion hosts at Sunday Mass in St. Matthew's Cathedral in Washington. Luckily, Justice Thomas, who was serving Mass, was unharmed. The now permanently Republican Congress obligingly reset the number of justices required on SCOTUS to one. The Justice Department, which had been captured by Democratic militia during the last election, sued on constitutional grounds. The case was fast-tracked to SCOTUS. I vote to uphold Senate Bill SC-10101, requiring the number of seats on the Supreme Court to be one. Tally the vote. Senate Bill SC-10101 is upheld by a vote of three-fifths to zero. Now it takes a constitutional amendment to get me out of here. The Thomas Court was highly selective, refusing any challenge to any ruling Justice Thomas had concurred in. He struck down Roe v. Wade, same-sex marriage, oral sex unless it was administered by, quote, a good-looking woman on a mature male, unquote, and upheld President Pence's executive order making sodomy, blasphemy, and witchcraft punishable by burning at the stake. Burning at the stake proved to be immensely popular. Well, this is the top burn of the evening, folks. The entire executive board of the Green Party are being burnt at the stake for witchcraft, kidnapping Christian babies and feeding them to endangered species. Cardinal O'Dolan of New York steps forward to asperge them all with charcoal lighter. And away we go! Look at them writhe, folks. Look at these econuts shrivel. And oh, there goes the head of the executive vice chairperson. And there goes the heads of the rest of the board. Heads just opening up like popcorn. 
I guess that's why they call these radicals hotheads. The Thomas Court also ruled that the Second Amendment protected a citizen's right to own tactical nuclear weapons. That's why George is now a giant lagoon. Three-fifths to zero became a household term, much like goes to eleven, as did the phrase with which Chief Justice Thomas always replied to those who questioned his rulings. So sue me! All minority voters, including a sizable block of microcephalic Zika babies, were by now shut out of the electoral process. But Alabama went one step further by stripping felons not just of the vote, but also of citizenship. Convicted felons, but only non-white felons, were subject to summary deportation. A young Alabaman, a musician named Dr. Dre Scott, convicted for felonious insult of a police officer, filed suit claiming his citizenship was an inalienable right that could not be rescinded. SCOTUS accepted Dr. Dre Scott versus Alabama for review. Oh, yay! Oh, yay! The Supreme Court of these United States is now here gathered. Chief Justice Clarence Thomas presiding. All rise for the Chief Justice. Here comes the judge. He is the judge. Everybody knows he is the judge. I am the judge. I am the judge. Everybody knows I am the judge. Don't want no tears. Don't want no lies. Bubble, don't want no alibis. Plaintiff may now address the court. Your Honor, my name is Dr. Dre Scott. I come before you today as a citizen of the state of Alabama. I believe my citizenship is... Hold it there, brother. You say you was a doctor? Uh, No, sir. I'm a... What's 12 inches long and hangs in front of an asshole? I don't rightly know. A stethoscope. (laughs) Ever hear of stare decisis? Rhymes with tonsillitis? Yes, Your Honor. I took first-year law. It means stand by by what's been decided. You'll dig that this case has already been decided almost 200 years ago. I cite the opinion of Chief Justice Taney in 1857 in the case of Dred Scott versus Sanford that no descendant of African slaves, emancipated or not, can be a citizen. You, a descendant of African slaves... And proud of it! ...are quoting the worst decision... Case dismissed! You don't like it? So sue me! Here comes the judge! He is the judge! For effectively reinstating slavery, Chief Justice Clarence Thomas was lauded in the formerly red states, now known as dead states, as they'd become uninhabitable due to accelerating climate change and standardized testing. But all of them still had two senators. The upper America states finally got their act together in 2048 and overran the election, commandeering polling stations in the dead states and opening them to all. A Democratic president even dead states could accept, 54-year-old Tiffany Trump is elected in a gigantic landslide. Justice Thomas, the American people demand your resignation. Stand down, sir. Make America great again. Never. You'll have to pry this gavel from my cold, dead fingers. I am to judge. Deadlock? No way. President Tiff has the answer. I have therefore nominated 
the United States, all 350 million of you, to be Supreme Court justices. The Senate has confirmed you all. The first deliberation of the new digital SCOTUS is to debate and recommend the removal of Chief Justice Thomas from the court. The entire country of Associate Justices text in their vote. And the yay vote is 350 million to three-fifths. The end. Well, that's our show. Thanks for listening to the Final Edition Radio Hour. The voices of the Final Edition Radio Hour are performed by Bruce Cherry, Jim Dodd, Jim Earl, Rob Gordon, Tony Hendra, Keith Saltahanes, Gil Barron, Ben Kirchner, John Gutierrez, Megan Gallagher, Samantha Gerwitz, Sean Ari Lehair, Jeff Chrysler, James Mount, Barry Lank, John Marshall, Ebby Parker, Jessica Park, Kurt Weitzman, Rachel Rauch, Andrew Danish, Anne Tuchel, Rob Miller, Kayla Merrill, and Leslie Shapira. The writers of the final edition, Kit Lively, Bruce Cherry, Jen Dodd, Rob Gordon, Tony Hindra, Jeff Chrysler, John Marshall, Barry Link, James Mount, Gil Barron, Ben Kirchner, John Gutierrez, Jessica Park, Kurt Weitzman, Leslie Shapira, Melinda Hughes, Jeremy Rayburn, Steve Rosenfield, and Peter Kleinman. The final edition is produced and directed by Tony Hendra and Jeff Chrysler. West Coast production by Barry Lank. Audio edited and engineered by Greg Russ and Andrew Hammond. The final edition radio hour is the property of the final edition LLC copyright 2014. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.